Trying to share it on Facebook. I can't find the damn thing. All right, here we go. Episode uh, 47 is this one, right? Halfway to 94. I, I got the numbers mixed up. I think I put 46 in the uh, in the description thing, I think, which was a mistake, but nice. uh, whatever. So halfway to 94 is what we are <clears throat> right now. And uh, this is not going to be an episode that's uh, – you know, jam-packed with uh, games to talk about because really there's only one game that we know of that is going to happen or that happened already that we're going to talk about. And then what the hell is after that? And I can't believe that they actually have to have eight days off before they play Iowa next Friday, which is just horrendous. And that's the Big Ten for you. The Big Ten's an absolute joke, and I think we've known that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, uh, not not good to have to go play Iowa uh, after – First, after they lose to Indiana, and then after an eight-plus day layoff. Yeah, and then Iowa, I don't think they play this weekend, so they'll have seven days off total Mm -hmm. between the games, I guess. So it's not that big of a difference, I guess. Or I think it's six days off, but uh, it sucks because they had an opportunity to, you know, Put some put a game this weekend, maybe move the Iowa Illinois game up to this weekend because both teams got their games canceled this week. But yeah. or even Monday or Tuesday. I mean, I know Monday, Iowa yeah. played last night, so you know Sunday game would have been nice. I think, but so stupid. I mean, I'm not surprised that the Big Ten is this stupid, and they're trying yeah. to. And if they don't move games around like that, I mean, how's Michigan State going to play enough? Get you know taking ten days off, they're going to have to play a game every night towards the end so yeah it's gonna be hard i mean i know they worked around the schedule to try to make this easier but it doesn't seem like they're making it easier on themselves by making teams like i don't understand what they're trying to do because illinois and iowa neither team has had issues of their own and the fact that they can't move a game up to help them get their canceled games in or at least move games up to make it easier for them. Right. You try to make it easier for your two, two of your best teams in the conference to make it easier for them to get to the postseason and perform well and not have to play six games in like 10 days to finish the season. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. I'm sure I, I think at the end of the day, the Illinois Nebraska game will, won't even ever be played. I think the Illinois Michigan state game might be played, but I think there's going to be a couple games that Illinois is going to end up probably with 23 or 24 games. If I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to make some adjustments somehow. They've already played enough games to be in the tournament. And so moving, you know, they moved the Penn state game up one day or yeah. whatever, I, you know, for no reason, really. I mean, what's I, the point? if you're going to do that, why don't you, try harder to do other games but like you can't move a huge game in your conference up to a better day like i know some people i i'd say i would be one of these the one of the people that does that you might be as well that watch college basketball on friday night but like there's a better night to do this game right that, for tv ratings and everything so i don't get it makes no sense to me and uh We'll see. You know, that's the Big Ten. They're they're doing their job poorly. Shocker. Uh, we saw it in football. It's change. You know, basketball teams have handled it pretty well overall. There's only really been three teams that have had their own issues, Michigan State, Nebraska, and Penn State, I think, unless I'm missing one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's right. So my camera is uh, off, so I'm going to adjust that real quick. Anyway, uh, Penn State, Illinois. Illinois beats Penn State for the second time this season. And after this game, Penn State goes into Rutgers and beats them. Or I guess they went – it was a home game for Penn State last night. They beat Rutgers. But 
man, we'll get to the Big Ten uh, stuff later. Rutgers is completely falling off a cliff. Uh, yeah. And a lot of teams in the Big Ten have. Now, this game, 79-65, it wasn't really that close. I mean, Illinois was up, what, 14 at the half, and then I think they both scored the same amount of points in the second half, yeah, um, 27 each. Where you thought Penn State was going to have a chance to get back into it. So. Yeah, Illinois, um, I thought they would score 91 points. Didn't do it, and you <laughs> nailed it. Right on, right the, on money. the money. I mean, wow. 9965. So, you know, maybe that means I'm winning the lottery tonight. I don't know. Probably not. But, uh, you know, if you want to be confident in that, then nothing wrong with that. Uh, player of the game for me is going to be Kofi. Uh, they, although the team, you know, top to bottom was solid. Um, I'm going to give it to Kofi. Uh, six of 10 from the field. Had a team high 21 points. Um, but I think the biggest thing was is he drew 10 fouls and he went 9 of 13 from the free throw line. So that's going to be huge moving forward. If he can keep those free throws, you know, shooting them better, it's definitely going to help the team. Um, he also had 12 rebounds, so he has six double doubles in a row, which is impressive. Uh, four blocks, one from the word on in uh, the farm. They said that he might have killed a cardboard cat with the one that he sent into the stands. At least it wasn't a dog. (laughs) True. And uh, he had an assist. So he was kicking the ball out too, which you like to see. Um, And then after this game, I saw that uh, Kofi is now leading in Big Ten play uh, with 72.2% from the field. So 72 of 99. In reality, he should have about 140 shots. He should have about 140 shots. Yeah, true. 99. True. I mean, get Absolutely. him the ball more. Uh, so I went a different route for my player of the game. I think it's too easy. Yeah, if, Kofi, it. Yeah. if Kofi's just going to get a double-double, I can't pick him every time because <laughs> it's double-double in every game. Uh, but I'm going to go with Trent Frazier because if you look at the expectations of him, you know, this is his second game coming off of the Ohio State game where he got hurt. I didn't expect much, and I thought he played a really solid overall game. You know, 13 points, three rebounds, two assists, three steals, three for seven from three. I mean, I think he played well. Um, and he had uh, good defensive play. You look at the three steals. He was a tone setter defensively, I think. And I think he um, kind of returned to what we expected going into this season, which was, you know, he can shoot. He can defend pretty well. I think his his defense might have been, like, uh, slightly overrated last season. He's still good at it and yeah. better than we would have thought. If you would have told me his freshman year that he was going to be known more for defense than almost anything going into this season, his senior year, that would be surprising, but um, you know yeah. he played well overall. Yeah, and in a senior uh, leader, um, after the game, he said, uh, "When we play a full forty minutes, I truly believe no one can beat us." Um, obviously, uh, if Illinois would have has have been even close to playing a full forty minutes, they could be almost undefeated, I would think. Uh, but they always have those lackadaisical moments. So hopefully after the Maryland game, um, you know, and and they figured out what they needed to do and and whatever they needed to air out or whatever that came down to, uh, hopefully they figured it out. But uh, the first thing they did, now, now Trent is the only starting senior. So uh, new starting five, which surprised me. I know you you threw this out there. The last pop. Yeah, I nailed it. <laughs> you did nail it. Uh, you, you know, you don't get many things right, but you did get this one right. Well, inside sources and stuff, you know. Yeah, so but uh, yeah. So, 
Uh, Grandison gets the nod uh, to, to get the start, and uh, DeMonte uh, becomes the sixth man, which I think it's okay. Uh, Grandison didn't do anything crazy. I mean, played 14 minutes, went one of three, had four rebounds, three assists, a steal. So we put in solid minutes. Uh, and I must have missed it at the, <laughs> during the game. Um, no surprise as we were watching it. Uh, as we get, went one and three in our watch party, if you yeah, got that's it, right. you know, um, we finally got a W. But uh, a, after the game, Underwood said that he had an aggravated stinger in his right shoulder and that it was bruised um, and that he's supposed to be looked at by the team doctors. So hopefully he uh, he's okay. But Again, so I, you know, I don't mind the change up. Uh, you know, I don't know if DeMonte, you know, was the guy that said, I, I would like to think as a senior and a leader that he maybe is the guy that would say, okay, coach, you know, I'll come off the bench, you know, it, it's fine with me. Um, but it, I don't think it really affected a whole lot of what happened. I mean, Grandison got more minutes, but other than that, I don't know if it, if this was the catalyst of why they played well, I just think they played harder. Um, however, Underwood uh, said that the insertion of Jacob into the starting five worked out nice. It wasn't that DeMonte had been doing anything poorly. So uh, Underwood thinks that it worked. I, I don't know. I don't know if it really made that big of an effect on anything, but, but a change is a change and, and maybe it got the guys rolling. So um, I thought it was good. Uh, Georgie and Hawkins got equal minutes. Um, Georgie uh, played well, but I thought Hawkins really shined. Uh, played 14 minutes, he, uh, which he had been averaging, what, three or four minutes, maybe two minutes. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's played double-digit minutes like almost the entire season. Yeah, maybe, maybe once or twice, but uh, he was one of three um, from three. He made both of his free throws, had five points. Had three blocks, got teed up on one of them, um, which, you know, I know fans are fans, fans either love it or hate it. Underwood, however, loves it. Um, on the on the technical, Underwood said, I kind of like that grit. That was kind of me when I played. I love the emotion. So, yeah, well, he had an opportunity to slam the refs there because it was a BS technical, but <laughs> he didn't. So, whatever. Uh, I, I think if they lost, he probably would have said something about that. But yeah, um, and and I don't know. I don't know what he said, but he he kind of flexed on the first one, you know, because he had three blocks. He kind of flexed on the first one, and then after that one, he said something, flexed at the guy. So. I guess it is. Yeah, I I did notice that when I went back and watched some of the game that on the first one, he did kind of do something similar. And I'm sure the officials probably maybe said something to him about maybe not doing that. And then he did it. So I don't know. Also, it's like these aren't really difficult blocks to get. So maybe calm down a little bit. That's just me, though. I don't know. True. True. Um, but yeah, I thought he had an overall great game. Underwood did say that he was making a concentrated effort to get Hawkins in the game more. I don't know why you have to do that. I hate that Such Underwood just weird forget that he has players on the bench. Um, and, and we see that a lot with him. It's like it's like he, you know, sends somebody to the bench for doing something and then he just forgets about them. So I don't know, but uh Underwood really liked this play. He said, we're a better team when he gets on the court, and we've seen that in practice. You guys are going to see at some point in the not-too-distant future how good of a talent 
Hawkins is. So uh, definitely good things going forward. I I don't, I mean, I, I hope that he gets more time. We've talked about it, that he should maybe get a little bit more time. And I wouldn't mind seeing it over Grandison, but um, I don't think you start a, another freshman, um, especially Hawkins. So um, I thought Georgie had a good game. You know, came in. He he seems to be a, a nice little spark offensively for the team. Uh, he went two or two from the field. Had a nice little reverse dunk. I actually had to question if he dunked it because I couldn't even tell. Um, I didn't know that he had that kind of moves around the rim. But made both his free throws. Had six points. So solid game from him too. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's kind of nice because Illinois. Not rely, not having to rely on Io as much. I mean, Io had 13 points in the game, uh, six of 12 shooting. He did go 0 for four from three, um, which you don't like to see. Uh, he, his shot has gotten better. I don't think he really forced any threes up, so um, I'm okay with him taking them. But uh, he uh, had five assists and two turnovers. But go ahead and add. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, yeah, I think once February comes around, I think we're going to see a different, different IO. I think we've seen that the last couple seasons, especially last year after his injury, uh, the Penn State game, which was in February, got IO going. And uh, I think give it, give it until after the Iowa game. Maybe it'll be early this year, be uh, end of January that he'll, you know, start to get it going. But last year. You know, after the injury, the Penn State game, that was in February, he was really starting to go. So I think come February, he'll start to get it going. I mean, he is really struggling. I mean, I know he's scoring double-digit points, but he's just not – he's not He's not been efficient. I think teams are figuring out how to slow him down a little bit in terms of not letting him get to the rim every single time. Right. And uh, he's not a consistent free-throw shooter at all. So Yeah, you know, and I was always better downhill. And when the team's – you know, when the team's not out running – when you have a zone going against you and things like that, it, it kind of affects his game more. Um, and like we said, you know, he's been shooting the ball better, but um, he's down to 38%, which I know is still great from three, but I, I mean, that's going to be the catalyst that gets him to the NBA possibly is, is his shot. So um, hopefully he picks it up a little bit, but again, nothing bad. Ha- you know, he didn't do anything bad. The only thing that I would complain about was he got one rebound and Underwood made sure that he knew that he only had one rebound when he came to the bench. So that's one of those things that he really needs to work on. It, it seemed like he was crashing the boards more, and now he's he's not as much. But uh, but uh, um, Adam Miller, stud, he's stud, bad. your boy. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that he's becoming, you know, again, the best freshman. I know we talked about Corbello for a while. Corbello's had a few games slide. But uh, your boy Ace Wolf, uh, he, he's doing things now. Three of seven from three, so about the same as Trent. So I don't know why you gave the player of the game to Trent instead of your boy. but Well, I mean, Fringer, you know, he had more points, more steals. Um, I think they both had very similar games, yes. But Miller is doing this. In the exact way that we didn't think he would, which is, you know, you'd think we'd be saying this because he's putting up 20 points or he's like, you know, scoring in every way. It's really just the three point shooting, the defense, 
And uh, he's definitely, I think he hustles more than almost anybody in the team at this point. I think I Underwood is a big part of that. So yeah. there you and go. I, and I love to see that out of him, um, the hustle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, it, he did take a couple iffy, iffy step-back threes, which I wasn't a fan of. But, uh, you know, he's, he's good, and he's becoming better. And over the last five games, I mean – He's got 11.2 a game. He's getting three threes made a game. And he's shooting 40.5% from behind the arc. So uh, definitely turning it up these last few games. And, you know, we talk about, you know, the three-headed beast. Just imagine if that's four-headed. Um, and you have Io and Kofi, and then you have Frazier and Miller um, all becoming, you know, double-digit scorers. This team's definitely going to get going. So I would think so, yes. Yes, obviously. Um, Curbelo had a good game. Uh, nothing egregious, I would say. Um, he did miss a three. He's still shooting threes. From what you've been told, he's supposed to shoot them, though. He's He's got a good shot. Isn't that what you well, said? What we told you? I, I was told if he's, if he's open, he should shoot it. Okay. And if he starts to make them, then – Watch out. Then uh, – Teams will have to, you know, defend that. Yeah. And then um, he can fly by. That's what right, I'm right now he's shooting 16%, though. I believe they I, make one three. I think that it, with this team, he should not shoot. I don't think there's a need for it. I think he should shoot as little as possible because if you look at everybody else around him, Miller, Io, Frazier, DeMonte yeah. are all significantly better three point shooters than he is. Hawkins yeah. is too, I think, and I do too. Uh, Grandison as well. I mean, they're all yeah. better three point shooters than Curbelo, and I think that's probably is Curbelo just naturally isn't as good of a shooter as Underwood may have thought, but it could be he's not getting. I don't know. Shots up anyway. shot though. Like I, he's well, why good. would he compare him to Trey Young? I mean, he's, I don't get that. That's yeah. literally what Trey Young does. But he's, he's good. Shooters. Like he's good in the lane. Um, I know he missed a few that the couple games ago. But I think that's his shot is that, you know, little jumper from 15 or the fadeaway from 15. I believe that's more his shot and what he has a better feel of than threes. But I could be wrong. Maybe he'll make his next 10. I don't know. Well, but, I think next year you'll see him shooting more because I think he'll be running the offense and, yeah, you know, still creating plays. But I, I think in terms of the way he's played this year, I look at him much more as like a – Jason Williams type that gets in the lane, makes these crazy passes, isn't the greatest shooter. Like I would say Steve Nash, but obviously everyone knows yeah. Steve Nash could really shoot efficiently and shoot the ball. Like people, let me just say this real quick. People who sit there and say Steve Nash couldn't shoot are idiots and should never, ever be able to watch a basketball game again. <laughs> Go ahead with the next point. <laughs> um, I was just saying he has four assists, uh, three turnovers. So three turnovers, still not great. Um, but Kofi continues to to love him. Uh, he says that he is one of the best best freshmen I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, Kofi's only 19 years old. And he's only been playing, this sounds like a coach. Only been playing basketball for five years. But uh, how many freshmen has he seen? Let's see. I don't. One, I don't two, know. Three, and he has Adam Miller four, on. His maybe. Team. I wonder how Miller feels about that. Well, Miller's not dropping dimes to him, so he <laughs> Miller's on the team. True. But, um, you know, uh, Curbelo had one really bad turnover, and I love the fact that Kofi kind of grabbed him, talked to him as he came to the bench, 
um, and, and, and was kind of that leader. And, and Kofi only being a sophomore, this team needs more leaders. I like Trent, you know, trying to be more of a leader. I like Kofi being a leader. Um, I, I feel like that should be on IO, but I don't know if IO's that kind of guy. I mean, um, I think IO's a lead by example. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that he's a, a motivate guy, but he shouldn't but, have to be, honestly. No, absolutely not. It's he's not the best job. player on the team. He should, he should be the type that, you know, uh, people look at and that's how they, you know, not MJ. I mean, MJ was just different. MJ was like, you know, win at all costs. I'll right. kill you if we have to win. I'll kill you if you're not going to. He'll punch Steve Kerr in the face. I mean, that's the type of thing. MJ wanted to win so badly that uh, he was willing to basically do almost anything, probably anything it took to win. And I don't think you need that with this team. I don't know. Um, I think DeMonte would be more of the sit down and, you know, that old uncle type uh, that, you know, lessons right. and such. But uh, yeah. yeah. And I thought DeMonte great transition by me, by the way. So. Yeah, great transition. Um, sorry, the dogs are on one today. So, uh, <laughs> um, but DeMonte, I thought DeMonte did great uh, as the sixth man coming off the bench. Like I said, I don't know if this was his idea. I doubt it was his idea, but no. I he's kind. I think he's the the guy from the starting five that's not going to take offense to being the sixth man, if that makes sense. But uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, he played 20 minutes, didn't put up a shot the, the whole game, um, which is fine, but he went three or four from the free throw line, had five rebounds, which was the second most on the team behind Kofi, which the rebounds have been killing this team. Um, but, uh, had two steals, a block and two turnovers. So rebounds and turnovers kind of, kind of where Illinois is, uh, struggling, right? Which transitions into the rebounds thing, which right, you know, forty to thirty-five Penn State transition stuff. Do you think that this was kind of like a garbage time? They overtook the rebound thing, like you know, and that's what it was down the stretch is when I think that Penn State took the lead, but still, Illinois, Illinois gave up sixteen offensive rebounds. Yeah, that was bad. Really, regardless, you can't do it. Um, Illinois themselves only had eight. Kofi had five of those offensive rebounds um, and he did a better job. Kofi did a better job keeping the ball up. I felt this game after getting those rebounds um, and then he'd get smacked around and, you know, dislocate people's shoulders and stuff. So um, pretty amazing how hard his head must be, but yeah, really, Jeez. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know because this, this team, am I wrong that this team was not like plus 11 on the rebounds starting the season? Plus eleven, plus twelve. Um, well, I didn't go look for a number, but are you talking about like after the first few games? I'm talking about maybe the first six, seven games. Yeah, how many teams did they played? Did, did they did they out rebound Baylor? I feel like they did. I think they did. I don't know, but like Baylor doesn't ever really have the rebounding types. They get that one sure. guy, and their guards can do it, I guess. But like, but what's Penn State have? There's no reason to lose by five. And like I, I, agree, said, I it, it's you know, I I feel like Io needs to start rebounding better. Um, I understand Illinois runs a small lineup with three guards under six three, but um well not in this game, but you know. True, true. And and I I would love to and I said it during the the 
uh, watch party. I would love to see Io guard a four, a stretch four. Just put him on a guy one time just to see what it does. Because if he could do that, then you could have the same starting five. The problem is you get DeMonte on him, and DeMonte's you know, getting posted up on nonstop. And that's, I think that was a big part of why Grandison got the nod. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, turnovers still bad. Uh, still averaging 15 a game. They got to stop. I don't know what's going on, but, uh, you know, Curbelo had three. I think Io had three. Uh, Kofi had two. So, Got to clean that up. Got to clean it up. But, it's terrible. Um, after the game, Underwood was asked about ball movement. He said it was fun to watch. Uh, I did think that Illinois did a really good job. Uh, I forgot to put these banners. so yeah, That's cool. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, Illinois did a really good job against the zone. Um, they were run that 2-3. I did think it was weird that they had Curbelo in the middle of that at points um, just because of his size, but maybe they thought he could find better passing lanes than other guys. Uh, it, it didn't seem to work when Corbello was in the middle, but um, Illinois did have, uh, they assisted on 69% of their made shots. So pretty nice there. Um, but uh, so you got anything else on this game? That's kind of all I had. We we're just kind of, and now we're, now we sit here in limbo. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we got like another year until the next game, which is ridiculous. But yeah. what can you expect being in this garbage conference? Uh, yeah, um, and Underwood was asked about it afterwards. Um, and he said that he couldn't understand, kind of like we are saying, that he couldn't understand why the league wouldn't move up the game. And said Illinois was actively trying to find another game, but it had to be against a team that meets their protocols in testing, which – I don't know if anybody can test like Illinois does. Um, it's so. not. It's too late now. It's not going to happen. Well, yeah, it's definitely too late now. But that was after the game. It's been how long has it been since the game? Three days. Two days. Five days. days. The third day after the game. Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, this week, I tell you. Which you know, uh, they're just going to have to you know uh, scrimmage and practice. I don't know. I mean, I don't. God, you got. <laughs> That many off days. Maybe they can bring the Divey Farm League up there to scrimmage against. Well, that would be a tough, tough one for them. They would really <laughs> be feeling it. But um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're supposed to do because we've seen this team come out flat after six days off, five days off against bad teams or worse teams where they can recover from it. If they do that in this game, they're going to lose. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, is Iowa. I mean, so they. You know, got beat by Indiana, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a little bit. But it was the game where they didn't shoot, and that's kind of the game where you can beat Iowa. So now they're yeah. going to come in mad. I feel. Well, I don't. Hopefully, know. they stay rusty, though. But, I don't know how much the them being mad is going to affect the game. I don't know. Good teams coming off a loss. Ask Vegas about. Have that. you seen Illinois coming off a loss? I said good team. Oh. Have you seen Illinois coming off a loss against Maryland? What they do after that? Poop the bed, as they, they say. lost again. So, just saying, you never really know. And uh, true, we'll find out. Uh, tweet came out yesterday, I think, and I think we both have some, you know, opinions on this particular thing. 
Uh, it was from Matt Norlander, or however you pronounce that name. Multiple commissioners tell CBS Sports that high-ranking folks within the NCAA are, quote-unquote, holding their breath over college hoops avoiding a big February pause. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. There's no way in hell this is going to happen. And I think this is just more fear-mongering BS from CBS Sports and bad writers not doing a good job. Like, Rothstein would never do this. Right. Um, the curiosity since how the new administration handles COVID combined with students back on campus as ra- rates remain high. The students back on campus thing will probably, you know, be something to watch out for, but they've already gone this far. If college football got through it, the college basketball is going to get through it. And I don't know why he's trying to fearmonger and scare people. I mean, what's the point? It's almost February. Shut up. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of crazy. I didn't, you know, if commissioners are doing this, it's it's weird, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, but things things are opening up, as they say. Uh, they just announced today that Illinois Region Four can play basketball out of literally nowhere. Um, we've been in Phase Four before. We're back in it now, and now all of a sudden we can play basketball. You know, I don't know what happened a couple of days ago. I don't want to get political, but uh, <laughs> it, it's just it's crazy. And and they do they do mention how Biden handles COVID and and is he going to restrict it? I don't think he's going to rest- I think he's going to leave it just like it is, where governors and commissioners and everybody else makes their decisions. He put in a mask mandate in traveling or whatever it was, which I think there was already. I mean, you couldn't get on a plane without one anyway. So um, I don't I don't see how this is going to stop it. But I texted you the other day and seven of the 11 top 25 games were postponed. So, I mean, but but they're they're doing protocol. They're, you know, getting through it. I don't think there's any reason to think unless unless there's a mass spread within college basketball, people know how to quarantine now and how long to quarantine and what they need to do. Um, you look at the the one game, what was it, Indiana that played Nebraska, like the day before Nebraska said, you know, hey, our coach has COVID, <laughs> um, or the day after, or what, you know, and, and Indiana never had to stop. So I think they know what they're doing and just – let him be, please. Another point with that is Purdue announced that Sasha Stefanovich will miss the next three games at least after testing positive. So um, per Big Ten protocols, will miss the next 17 days from his positive test and must pass further testing to return to action. Which, is that 17 days based on how many games are or is it actually just 17 days? Because if it's 17 days after a positive test, that's absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if that's based on how many games are within that span. But uh, so Purdue's playing Michigan tonight. We'll talk about that game soon. Purdue's playing Michigan tonight without him. So he tests positive. The rest of the team goes on. That's how you do it. But hopefully that doesn't happen in Illinois. But like another, the second tweet said, until last week, college basketball held the first two months of its season without students on campus, Mm -hmm. which is that 100% true? I mean, I don't really think that every college didn't have any. Yeah, I think in Alabama and stuff, they've been going to school nonstop. So it was completing games at just under an 80% rate. We'll see if the number bounces one way or the other soon. And then there was another part of the tweet that was stupid, but like, (laughs) you know, do we have to do this once a month? Cause I'm sure it's going to happen in February again, where everyone's scared. There's going to be a pause. Let me just say it. There's no way ever. In a mi- no way that they missed the tournament this year. There's no way. Yeah. 
there's no way they could have two years in a row missing the NCAA tournament. Zero percent chance. And we've heard that the whole time. So I don't know why every month someone has to bitch and complain about, oh, they're scared. The commissioners of the conferences are scared. Well, you know what? If they want to be scared, why don't they go get a job with the Ivy League? I mean, quit being a pansy. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, why do we need these articles, but they're holding their breath? Like, do we need to know that they're doing that? I mean, I don't think it's going to affect anything. I don't think any conference is going to shut down. Right. If they're playing, they're playing. They're not going to have – I don't see any chance that we don't have a tournament. I mean, there's no way. Yeah, I agree. Um, if the NCAA – you know, if there's commissioners that are going to pause whatever they're doing, the NCAA is still going to go forward. You're just not going to the tournament. If they right. want to nuke the sport, then that's how they do it, by canceling the rest of the season. Goodbye, right. college basketball, because what the hell is the point? Two tournaments in a row missed would be the worst-case scenario ever. And by the way, if you're watching the stream right now, so you can send in your questions. Uh, we'll be taking them at the end. I'm sure there will be no questions, but anyone that wants to do it, throw them in the comment section and all that stuff. But anyway, uh, we'll go around the Big Ten here in a moment. But it's like one more thing on this is – I think February, I'm going to say, since ESPN fear-mongered, USA Today fear-mongered, CBS is doing it, I wonder if Fox is going to throw themselves in the ring on the fear-mongering train of trying to shut down the season or telling us that everyone's holding their breath. Like, as long as you don't have entire conferences with, like, zero games multiple days in a row due to COVID, then why would we ever cancel anything? If you have the Big Ten with multiple days – of no games because of COVID and like 80% of the conference can't play right now because of COVID. That's when you have a real problem. If right. it's just a couple teams in the conference, what are you going to do? I mean, the, the big example right now in terms of a team that's going to make the tournament and there's two teams that haven't, that didn't play for a long time. That was Villanova 27 days of not playing. And then St. Louis hasn't played since December 23rd. So those are a couple of teams that have been hit by this hard, but you, you can't – I don't – I really don't believe that multiple commissioners are holding their breath. I think that's BS. I mean, I don't buy that at all. And I think that's just him trying to get those clicks. You know, I'm sure his business is a little bit down because everyone knows that uh, CBS Sports Network, in terms of their coverage of college basketball, runs through John Rothstein and nobody else. So I'm sure he's trying to get his clicks in and, uh, you know, trying to do his fear-mongering part for the month of January. And I think – February, we'll probably see Fox throw themselves in the ring on fear mongering. We saw ESPN USA Today do it. Uh, I don't know who's next. Maybe in March we'll see, um, you know, uh, ESPN do it again. They could do it again if they want. Uh, maybe Dickie V this time. I know Jay Billis already did his part about, oh, we shouldn't be playing basketball during a pandemic. It's like, I know my alum team absolutely stinks right now, but uh, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be playing. That's just me, though. And I'm just going to trash the NCAA, yet still make money covering that sport. I mean, come on. Please stop. It's so ridiculous. Uh, one thing I, that I can promise is that we will not be throwing out any exclusive reports on this program about uh, commissioners of conferences holding their breath. So we're not <laughs> going to do that. Um, do you have anything else to add to that fun section, or do you want to go to the Big Ten? Uh, we can go to the Big Ten. I was seeing because Rothstein usually puts how many programs are still up. Ninety three percent of teams are still playing. You're holding your breath over ninety three, but that's so ridiculous. If it gets down to like seventy, then we have a real problem. Ninety three percent. I know Rothstein has those cringy, like weird, like tweets about COVID, and it, that's the only thing that kind of come on, calm down. Yeah, and, like and every- if you, I mean, if you look at it though, it's not like it's not. 
big school. It's smaller schools that probably can't test as well. Yeah, there might be some bigger Power Five schools in there, but there's yeah. not a lot of them. Yeah, and this notion that the commissioners of conferences are holding their breath are ridiculous. High-ranking folks within the NCAA. <laughs> Come on. Seriously. Come on. Um, a big February pause, quote-unquote, not going to happen. If it does, there's still going to be a tournament at some point, but it's not going to happen. Um, the, the only thing that I could think is probably true is a students back on campus thing, but whatever. Uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, if teams actually want to play in the tournament, you know, they won't do anything stupid. So there you go. Right. And I think if someone is caught breaking protocols or whatever for their team, get them out. I don't care if they're the best player of the team, get them out. Wow. See ya. Okay. Yeah. If IO does something that breaks protocols, see ya. I'm not jeopardizing the tournament. You know, I don't care if Illinois has me and you on the team and nobody else, two on five, we're playing. I mean, there's going to be a tournament, and Illinois is going to damn play in it. They played 15 games. That's enough. We're taking them there. I got you. So let's say Illinois' games the rest of the season get canceled, and they finish 10 and 5. What do you think? They're like a five seed? Probably. That's so cool. Now let me ask you this. Um, Do you think that they're going to go through with conference tournaments? Because I know people were commenting there shouldn't be conference tournaments, which is just ridiculous because you're getting all the teams. Here's what they need to do. And I don't know if they've set it up this way, but give it a few days before conference tournaments. Make sure that you can test all the players on every team in that conference. And then you go into like a one area deal and you test. And that's didn't you say that they've already, they're already talking about moving the Big Ten from Chicago to Indiana this year. Yeah, and I think that's going to happen. It makes a lot of sense because well, he's looking at the Big Ten. The whole tournament. Yeah, there, so, so the Big Ten teams that are going to make and the tournament. Indianapolis is a 20 times better town than Chicago. As far and as – In terms of this situation, as yes. As far as the Big Ten, sorry. Um, like right. the Big Ten tournament. I, I've never been to Chicago to the Big Ten tournament. My dad has, and he he is not a fan when it's in Chicago. When it's in Indy, I mean, it's everything's right there. It's nice. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to allow fans or whatever, but um, yeah. just the area for for the tournament is a lot better. Well, what I think about it in terms of not ever going to either or really caring to go because you know what's the point, right? I mean, I don't I don't want to well, leave my house. Being a fan, oh, but, uh, um, the hoops at the United Center for college games suck. That's what I take away from the TV. I don't like them at all. So there you go with that. Okay. Um, but, you know, it makes sense because the Big Ten teams that make the tournament, which is going to be the majority of them, mm-hmm. stay in Indiana for a long time. Okay. And they're more likely to be fine because they're going to be within the protocols the entire time in that area. So why not just have every power, every power conference tournament in Indiana? Why the hell not? The Pac-12, I don't care. You think any any state on the West Coast? Pro, they're probably going to do it in like where will they do that? I wonder where because where do they usually do it? I feel like they should do it in like Vegas or something, but I don't know where that is, where the Pac-12 tournament is. Yeah, it's in Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. So they just need to find they need to limit the the areas that conference tournaments are in. So like. Have a couple conferences, do it in Indiana if you can. I mean, why not? Because you're going to have a lot of teams that will stay in Indiana the whole time. Right. Uh, but they just got to be smart about it. I think people that don't want them to do conference tournaments, I think they'll be fine with conference tournaments. It's a little different than traveling after a game or night after night going to different places like they're doing in the regular season. 
Mm-hmm. So, and let me just say this: if Nebraska has more issues of COVID going into the Big Ten tournament, gone. See Get ya. Out of here. You're, not, you're not playing. Right. Michigan State too. If Michigan State is somebody, in the 80s in the net. See ya. Somebody needs to tell Nebraska they're on thin ice. Someone does need to do that. So <laughs> there you go with that. Uh, no questions yet in the comments. Your thoughts on that? Not a big fan. Around the Big Ten we go, I guess. It uh, looks like that. All right. <laughs> Iowa lost Indiana last night, 81-69. to 69. They really struggled shooting 38% from the field, 21% from three. Terrible. I think Garza had 28 points on 22 shots. Um, Bohannon had zero points, which is weird. Uh, Connor McCaffrey had five points. C.J. Frederick had no points, but he only played 13 minutes because he got hurt. Mm. Um, I don't know if he'll be back for that game next week. I'd think that he would be, but uh, – that's what happens, man. I tweeted um, I tweeted after Iowa beat Northwestern on Saturday, I think it was, uh, that, you know, or I think it was Sunday. But when Iowa runs into a team that can defend and score, like Illinois is supposed to be able to, like Wisconsin does, like Michigan does, I want to see how they play then. And then, weirdly enough, their next game, I, Indiana, a team that you don't look at as – can defend and score. I mean, right. I don't really think they can defend very well. I just think Iowa was really bad. But really Indiana's – I think you look at the performance from Indiana defensively last night was their best of the season, but it was also a factor that Iowa just couldn't hit anything. So – Yeah, what they shoot? Like four of 20-something from three? It wasn't good. It was 21%. So, I don't – you know, I don't need the hard numbers for that. But uh, they were 16 of 21 from the line, so they still shot well from the, uh, from the free throw line. So – Good for them on that one. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, but, like, Indiana is a weird team. They have a lot of talent. I mean, they're really, really solid starting five. We saw what they did against Illinois. I mean, they not a bad team. They're a pretty good team. I think them and Purdue are kind of like that middle-tier Big Ten team that could make some noise um, in the conference. And you look at, you know, Purdue 6-3 and three in the Big Ten, and another beautiful transition by me, Michigan-Purdue tonight is going to be on some sort of TV network that I didn't look up. Uh, Michigan right now, they're like, you know, the number one team in the Big Ten, seven and one. They they keep winning. They win the Big Ten. So um, Purdue is six and three in the Big Ten. They've won four straight. I believe they beat Ohio State in their last game. But as I said a few moments ago, Sasha Stefanovic, who's basically their facilitating guard that can shoot and makes most of the plays offensively for them um, in terms of getting the ball to different, different folks, he will miss the next three games, so he won't play tonight. I thought this would be a very interesting game. Uh, Michigan is uh, – did they play after they lost to Minnesota? Have they played yet before? The, I don't even know if they have. I don't I think they don't have. I don't think so. So that will be like a bounce-back game for them if they haven't it played. Is, it is on uh, Fox Sports 1. Yeah, they that beat, sounds right. They beat Maryland by uh, 24. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the bounce-back. They beat <laughs> Maryland. Um, so, yeah, Michigan 7-1. They uh, in the Big Ten, you know, they beat Penn State, they beat Nebraska, they beat Maryland, they beat Northwestern, they beat Minnesota, uh, they beat Wisconsin, they lost to Minnesota, and then they um, they uh, they uh, they uh, beat Maryland. What? What did I say? What? Yeah, got it. All right, they beat Maryland twice. Minnesota, they beat by twenty five. They lost to them by eighteen. So there's the Big Ten for you. Uh, so that'll be an interesting game to watch tonight. I don't know if I'll watch it personally. I'm sure I'll have it on, but how much attention will I pay to it? We'll find out. I don't know what else is on though tonight for college basketball. I don't know. I think this is the only game that features a ranked team, but that's not the end all be all in college hoops. If you watch college hoops and you only watch the ranked teams, 
you're missing out. And let me ask you this one because I think this was this week. It's been a long week, I guess. Uh, did you? How much of the Baylor Kansas game did you watch? Uh, it was on the TV. It was an ass kicking, is what that was. I don't care how close the score was. Um, Baylor bullied them. I did not get to watch much of it, but um, and I'm not really a fan of anybody in the Big Twelve. Like I don't hate any of the teams, but I don't really root for any of them. And like it's nice to see a team that's flat out better than Kansas and is probably going to win the conference. It's nice to see that because it's been a while. And uh, if you I look agree. at games that are postponed and canceled tonight, you have one, two, three, four, five, six games postponed slash canceled. Um, and only two of those games really have any, any sort of implications in terms of tournament stuff. Uh, Seton Hall and Baylor postponed and Boise State, Fresno State uh, postponed. And I don't think people realize how good Boise State is. They're a, a very solid, solid team, and uh, they will not play tonight. I don't know. I think I had – um, if you look at my rankings from this week, I had Boise State right outside of the top 30. So they are knocking uh, on the door. And there's going to be some really weird teams that make my top 30 this week. So be ready for that. I know no one looks at it, but they should be ready for it. Uh, so Rutgers is now 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. They lost to Penn State last night. Six losses in a row for the Scarlet Knights. And as I've said before, their season went off the rails after their Ohio State meltdown that featured a Miles Johnson fouling out and Jacob Young getting hurt. They were winning that game handily until those things happened, and they lost the game by a lot. So I don't know what to make of Rutgers, but they're making that Illinois loss look worse Yeah, to the people that look at resumes, which is ridiculous because you look at Rutgers' roster up and down, they're a good team. I don't care what their record is. They're they're falling off. I don't know. Very weird weird case with Rutgers there. Here's a fun Minnesota stat, 11-0 at home, 0-4 on the road. So there you go. They're really <laughs> really doing their part to be, uh, you know, balanced, consistent. They All they do is win at home and lose on the road. So Yeah, it's impressive. I believe Illinois will play them uh, on the road this year. So mm-hmm. they already beat them at home. Can they be the first team to take them down? I really did not phrase that well. They already beat them at the State Farm Center. Now can they go to their place and beat them? Boom, nailed it. All right. Be a good win. So uh, there's only three teams in the Big Ten that are over 500 on the road. That's Illinois 3 and 2, Iowa 3 and 1, Michigan 2 and 1. So Iowa's uh, road loss is to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Michigan's road loss is Minnesota. Illinois' road losses are uh, who are they? Rutgers. Rutgers and Missouri, I guess. I thought they counted. Does that not count neutral site? I, it was supposed to be, but I don't know. Well, they have five it losses. Actually, it has to be because you have five losses, two at home, three on the road, and two big. Wait, that's not a bit. Are you okay? What were their Big Ten losses? Rutgers, Maryland, Ohio State. The Missouri game has to count as a road game. By the way, they're not, these aren't exclusive Big Ten games with their road records. I just went their overall road records. So Illinois, three and two. And their five losses are Ohio State, Maryland at home. Baylor was neutral site. And then the other two losses are uh, Rutgers and Mizzou, which I'm assuming are both road games. Why wouldn't it be? If you're playing at Missouri, they can't call out a neutral site game. That would be BS. So. 
Uh, that's what I assume they're going off of there. But anyway, let's transition yeah. because, you know, uh, Minnesota's winning percentage on the road is zero, zero, zero. So good for them. Uh, there's six Big Ten teams in the AP Top 25. You have Iowa at four, Michigan at seven, Wisconsin at 10, Ohio State 15, Minnesota 17, and Illinois 22. So really doesn't matter. I just want to note it because only six. You'd think there'd be more than six. Rutgers slipped yeah. out. Purdue should probably be in there, but they're not. Indiana's trending towards being in there at some point. Um, I don't really think there's anybody else to look at that is that is doing that. But uh, I uh, I would I would digress on that on that point. But uh, there's probably ninety I would say ninety six percent roughly of games that are supposed to be played tonight being played because there's a ton of games that are happening and only six cancellations, so it's not bad. Um, let's see. Purdue is the only team in the Big Ten that is over 500 in the league and not ranked in the top 25. They're six and three in the Big Ten, not ranked. Uh, so that really tells you how, as I've said before, the 95 year olds that don't actually watch the games that just throw in like Duke and all those teams and they're all ranked. Look at their record, whatever. That's what they do. But um, you know, I digress. Uh, every Big Ten team in the net right now. So we'll do this. Updated Big Ten teams in the net. This will be fun. You got three of them in the top ten. Michigan three, Iowa five, Illinois is still ninth, which is puzzling, but I'm okay with being a friend of the net apparently, which the net rankings absolutely blow, but I'm fine with uh, being a friend of them. Uh, Wisconsin 14, Ohio State 20, Minnesota 32, Purdue 33, Indiana 40, Penn State 41, Maryland 47, and then we have a big drop-off. Rutgers 59, Northwestern 71, Michigan State 85, Nebraska 163. So I know that Michigan State lost to Northwestern, but I think Michigan State's probably a better team. So I wouldn't be so sure about the 14-spot difference there. Uh, Northwestern, complete frauds. Michigan State needs to get back to playing basketball so they can move up. They do, yeah. Uh, You wrote this one. Illinois is currently eighth nationally an offensive adjusted efficiency in the Ken Palm <laughs> at 116.5 second highest for an Illinois squad since 2015, which I find to be weird, but okay. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, we earlier in the season, we were doing a lot of comparisons to 2005. Uh, Mistakingly. Yes. Yes. Actually, probably, probably, but probably the point of disrespect. Just so you know why Illinois should, you know, why fans were excited and they, and they still should be is because this team still is the best team that Illinois had since 2005. Wait, didn't we uh, question last week if they were better than last year's team? (laughs) No, we said they were the same. It was on the dock. (laughs) And I don't know what their adjustive offensive efficiency was last year. Can you look that up for me? I mean, you yeah. don't, you don't, can't even go to the Ken Palm site, can you? Well, right now. <laughs> All right. What are we looking I, for? I Adjusted, what was it? 116.5? Yeah. It was 110.9 last year. Exactly. So that was probably the third highest. So, and let's just very similar team to last year, as we stated. Iowa's freshman year is 109.1. Thoughts? Sounds like Io's the reason that it's in the hundred and teens. Year before Io, one hundred nine point six. No, oh. I don't even know what the that means. So I just 
thought it was interesting. Year before that, 107.2. I can't find them now because they're so far down the year. <laughs> 106.9. They were 125th overall in Ken Palm, by the way, in 2016. But uh, 2005, they were 122.3. So really not even close. I don't know. Probably. And the funny thing is that Wake Forest was number one in the country that year in adjusted offensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. Where were they at in the game in Champaign? Getting when they smoked. got beaten into the ground. You remember that when you were four? I've watched the game on YouTube. <laughs> so, you know, vividly, I do remember it, yes. <laughs> okay. And I remember researching the Wake Forest coach. I know he died a short while ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 2009, but... You know, I don't know why I had to bring that up. Um, I apologize to, to his family. Um, let's do a blind resume that I wrote down with okay. fancy stats on it. Actually, real quick before I, I do that. probably just put this up. Yeah, go ahead. Whenever you, whenever you can do that. Uh, if we look at the net rankings through the games of yesterday. Look at the top 12. It, it's so ridiculous. I mean, seriously. Baylor's number one, which I actually don't hate. Baylor has beaten – Really, really good teams. Like, Kansas is still good. They beat the doors off of Kansas, if we're being honest. I mean, in score, the Baylor-Kansas game was closer than the Illinois-Kansas game or Illinois-Baylor game, but Baylor beat up on uh, Kansas overall more than they did on Illinois, but the score was closer with an all-time backdoor cover by Kansas. Uh, Gonzaga is number um, number uh, two. Uh, now, one thing is – Gonzaga is 8-0 against quad 1-2. and two. Baylor's 5-0. and oh. But I think the quality of quad 1-2 and two opponents that Baylor faces right there with Gonzaga. So uh, whatever the case may be, I'm sure people are going to find a way to be upset no matter what. Michigan 3rd, Houston 4th, Iowa 5th, Tennessee 6th, Virginia 7th, Villanova 8th, Illinois 9th, Alabama 10th. And then it just goes off the rails. I mean, Drake at 11th. Give me a freaking break. Hey, come on. They're, they haven't played a quad one opponent, and they have two oh, quad two yeah. wins. It's so stupid. Just because they're 11-0, they play in the Missouri Valley. I mean, there's no Missouri Valley team except maybe Northern Iowa of last year that should even be in the top 35. So stupid. Uh, Texas at 12 is fine. Uh, Boise State at 13, I don't hate. I mean, Boise State's 12-1, and 1-1 one, one one in quad one. They haven't played a quad two game, but they're 1-1 one one in quad one, so there you go. Uh, not a bad team. Uh, and then other teams, notably, what the hell is Colgate doing at 19? I mean, they're five and one, they have no quad one or quad two games. They have a quad three loss, by the way. So, really glad they're in the top 20, makes a ton of sense. Um, you have Loyola Chicago, another Missouri Valley team that is in there at 30, and you know. Loyola Chicago is nine and three. They make more sense as being number 11 than Drake does. Just because Drake's 11 and 0, Loyola Chicago's 0 and 1 against quad one, 1 and 2 against quad two. I mean, that's not bad. It's better resume than Drake does if you're looking at quality of opponents. So whoever does these is a complete moron. Why is Arizona 35th? They can't even be in the tournament because they're a bunch of cheating scumbags headed by one of the biggest, sweatiest douchebags in the history of the sport. I mean, seriously, why is Arizona even on there? There should be a huge, huge red line through their name. Right. So stupid. Uh, St. Bonaventure is uh, 43rd, which is not bad. 1-1 one one against Quad 1, 1-0 one against Quad 2, Atlantic 10 team, whatever. 
Uh, that's about it for that. Winthrop is 15-0 at 53. No quad one games, one quad two games. So these are completely all over the place, and it's just getting worse. I mean, why are we putting a 6-2 and two Georgia State team at 61? I guess it's not that bad because they have two wins in quad one and two, but calm down a little bit here, guys. So there you go. Hmm. Kent State. over. Oh, rant still going. <laughs> Just looking at some of the teams that are ahead of Michigan State. Like I know Michigan State's 0-3 in quad one, but Wofford, come on. Wofford's not good anymore. How was South Carolina only played seven games? I bet if Colgate was like two and oh, they'd be like fifth. So st- <laughs> all right, blind resume. Let's hear it. Team A, 15th in the net, 38.0 in the uh the KPI and uh, 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 SOR, which is the um, worst possible loss, is the KPI. So ranking every team's wins and losses on a scale of negative 1.0 to plus 1.0. And then the strength of record is the SOR. So 38.0 there. Uh, 11.7 in the BPI KP SAG, of course, um, which I think is the – Power college basketball power index. I'm assuming KP means Ken Palm, and then SAG means uh, the SAG, SAG Arendabetta rankings or whatever they're called. I can't remember what they're called. Okay. Uh, 11.7 quad records, quad one, two, and three, quad two, oh, and one, quad three, three, and oh, quad four, six, and oh. So that's team A. Do you have you soaked all that information in? Yes, good. Team B, 29th in the net. 16.5 KPI SOR, and then uh, uh, 37.0 BPI KP SAG. Three and three in quad one, two and zero oh in quad two, two and zero oh in quad three, four and zero oh in quad four. Which one you got? Uh, what was the other one in quad one? Two and three. Mm. My I mean, answer. Is I'm gonna go simple. with. I'm going to go with the team that's three and three and then undefeated in all the other quads. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. I don't know how, like, this makes no sense. Um, you have a team that's two and four in quads one and two, and then a team that's five and three. Yeah. Why are they 14 spots apart in the net? Do you know either of these teams? I'm going to go with, I mean, I think you just listed off a bunch, but I wasn't really listening. So. Um, I didn't list either of these teams. Oh, you didn't? Okay. Um, I don't have any clue. One is a Big 12 team, and the other one, I believe, is in the uh, Mountain West, maybe? You can't look it up. I'm not looking it up. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't have any clue. Um. One's in the Big 12, and the other one is in the uh, West Coast. Who's in the – I mean um, – I mean, Texas would be too high, right? Um, Texas, I believe, is uh, 12th in the net. Uh, and this team's 30-something, you said? This team, the Big 12 team is 15th, and the uh, West Coast team is 29th. I'm going to say it's like Kansas or something then, right? No, Kansas is uh, Kansas is uh, the 18th. West Virginia. West Virginia is 21st. 
It's like one more team to guess. It's pretty Texas easy. Tech. Yes, Texas Tech is 15th in the net, which is ridiculous, being that they're, uh, you know, two and four in the first two quads, and this team's 29th at five and three. So who's your guess the other team? What did you say Coast. they were in? West Coast. The West Coast Conference. Uh, San Francisco. Not even close. <laughs> uh, BYU. Yes. I would have figured that you would have guessed St. Mary's before you guessed BYU. Because St. Yeah. Mary's is usually a pretty good team in that conference. Are, usually. Um, but I can confirm that St. Mary's is 76th in the net and San Francisco 68th. So uh, as a good thing for San Francisco in terms of making some noise in that conference is that they have a quad one win over Virginia. So there you go. Uh, BYU, though, be interested to see BYU if they play Gonzaga anytime soon. That would be very interesting to me because there is – everyone talks about how bad Gonzaga's conference is. And, yes, compared to the other power conference teams, it's a bad conference. But there's three other teams other than Gonzaga in the top 80 of the net. They do not play Gonzaga until the last game of the year. Well, that's going to be February a big-time game to watch. That's going to be a big-time game to watch. And uh, they, they did play on the 7th and got beat by – Math seventeen. That's not bad. I mean, that's respectable. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gonzaga's beating the doors off of almost everybody. So oh, yeah, playing in that cupcake conference out there. Yeah, and I can't believe people still bring up Gonzaga's conference. Calm down a little bit with that, people. I mean, they play Pacific. I know San Diego and Pepperdine. Their next yeah, but, three games. Yeah, but guess what? Before yesterday, Pacific was a top eighty net team. Wow. I mean, that would be four other top 80 net teams. So it's not like the freaking whack where every team, the best team in that conference is 135. It's not that. You have a 29th, 68th, 76th. I mean, that's not respectable. It's not a power conference. You shouldn't expect it to be. But look at Gonzaga. They beat Kansas by 12. They beat Auburn by 23. They beat West Virginia by 5. They beat Iowa. Gonzaga's a bad team. I'm just saying that. They beat Virginia by 23. You know, they've scored over 90 points in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Really good. We get it. Eight, nine games. Nine games. How about that? All right. Nine games. Anyone who says that Gonzaga is in a bad conference should check their facts. They're in a low level, not great. (laughs) Not a bad conference. A bad conference. Low level, not great is literally the same thing as bad. (laughs) Not uh, not not true. <laughs> it's an average conference with some pretty good teams. I bet BYU would give Illinois some some problems. Thoughts on that? Yeah, that's right. I said it. Probably if they don't play a full forty, everyone would give Illinois problems because Illinois, for some reason, doesn't ever beat a team into the ground unless it's a team that like ended their season because they had like two players. Chicago State. True. So I guess nobody's going to send a question, which I yeah. guess whatever, you know, if you, if you hate us that much people, then whatever. Um, last thing on the line, I, they are having a zoom meeting with Namari Burnett today. Um, word is that Illinois is in a very good spot to maybe get him uh, the transfer from Texas tech. Of course, we talked about him five star coming out of high school. Um, Illinois was very active 
and trying to get him out of high school and they failed. So um, we'll see. But it sounds like this could happen quickly because uh, I know that he only, this was the only plan zoomed to that point. Yeah. They said, and they said that he might be making his decision soon. So I mean, he should have gone to Illinois in the first place. So agreed. Let me see the latest on him. Um, Illinois, Brad Underwood and his staff, very important virtual meeting today with Texas Tech transfer and Amari Burnett. This is his lone virtual meeting planned currently. Uh, Apparently, it happened at 2 p.m., so that was that. Let mm-hmm. me read this tweet from the Illini fan account. Okay. It says, I want Namari Burnett at Illinois. Prove yourself in the best conference in America? Check. Face NBA-level competition on a daily basis? Check. Play close to home and represent your home state? Check. Take the torch from Iowa and compete for championships? Check. Okay, calm down. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's kind of been the throw out to everybody that's transferred or anything, but it hasn't helped. Well, since we're talking about them and trying to stall to see if anybody wants to ask a question, if anyone wants to do it, to do it. But uh, I'm trying to see this article about how uh, Namari Burnett talking about how he would fit into the Brad Underwood system, but of course there's a paywall, so good job, rivals. Idiots. <laughs> um I guess I don't have anything to read about him. There's a poll that says, where is he going to go? 52 votes, 75% Illinois, because it's from an Illinois fan account, once again. <laughs> um, yeah. He's Andrew Slater says he's going to go to Illinois. That's his prediction. Apparently, this guy's been right about a lot of stuff. He is a... 13,000 followers on Twitter and apparently he's right about things, I guess. I don't know. Where did he say he was going? He said, I wouldn't say it's a done deal, but Illinois should like where they're at mm. when it comes to Namari Burnett. Was that the tweet that got deleted and then retweeted? I think, I think yeah. Okay. So very well there. I guess that's going to do it because nobody – Nobody wants to ask questions. Wants to come forward. I mean, that's oh. fine. And the next episode is going to be probably discussing the Iowa game. It will be before the Iowa game. And we will try to take questions then too, right? So Every episode them, we try to take them. Get, them. get them to us before. We'll ask them during. Present them during whatever. Yes, um, and your I wonder- name could be on the screen. You know, that's. Which is that, if that's still exciting for people, then yeah. Exciting. I wanted to give a quick sneak peek to people that are also going to be watching the streams when we do the March Madness stuff. I mean, uh, you'll see the screen's going to look like it's going to look like this. Mm-hmm. So that's your preview of that. Hopefully you got a screenshot of it so you can tweet it. Source tells me that they're going to be changing their setup for the Countdown of March Madness podcast. And uh, <laughs> I don't know when we're starting that. I'm assuming it'll be the 8th or the 15th of February, which is a Monday. So whatever you tell me. Speaking of March Madness, we haven't talked about uh, the terrible job the NCAA is going to do holding the tournament on Friday through Monday. Oh, my God. So stupid. Two rounds. So, um, you know, usually it's Thursday through Sunday. You can take two days off work, but I don't know if I can get that Monday off, you know. 
how to ruin the March Madness, how to ruin the NCAA tournament in one change. Boom. <laughs> they, did it. they did it. Congrats. Yeah, I think my buddy uh, Cody's going to start a uh, one of those change.org things to get that fixed. So That's not going to work. So Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried to get the Big Ten to move up the uh, – Move up the Illinois Iowa game six retweets. I figured that would have gotten the job done, but <laughs> listen, maybe they blocked you like the Packers did. Who knows? We won't go into that, but yeah, maybe they did. I don't know. And if they did, I'm honored because their conferences run poorly. <laughs> what a great conference that's completely wasted by garbage leadership. I mean, seriously, that's how I look at the Big Ten. Do you agree? I agree. A great conference, some great schools, some great program traditions. That's basically being run into the ground and lit on fire by complete and total idiots who have no idea about the sport or what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. At least they didn't ruin college basketball like they did with college football, but good for them on not doing that. Doesn't seem like that hard to not blow it up, but you know, so uh, yeah, live viewer comment show up on streamer. This is an example. So there you go. See, <laughs> good luck to people that didn't get that chance. All right. Uh, <laughs> Probably Wednesday or Thursday. Probably Thursday, I guess. Just do it. Or the day of the game. I don't know. Maybe yeah. just do it next Friday. Yeah. Unless they move it up. They still have time to move it up. Yeah, if they move it up, we'll we'll get it out there before. So so basically the day of or the day before the Iowa game, we will be back doing a preview of that game. And probably, hopefully, maybe by then, Namari Burnett will have decided. Maybe. Yeah. maybe will we'll it be another Shawnee Brown? Michigan? We'll find out. Yeah, maybe um, we'll do some uh, recruiting roundup stuff, too. Which will be very exciting. Uh, all right. Everybody enjoys it. <laughs> Episode 48. We'll see you next week. And uh, what's up, Breezy? See ya. <laughs>